Hi, this is Russ Hackman, host of The Wall Street Sweeper. Coming up, we'll be talking about the risk of government default, why retiree confidence has dropped to 2008 levels, and how couples can make sure they're on the same page on retirement finances. Welcome in to The Wall Street Sweeper. This is the only industry that I know of where you can actually pay more to get something worse. Uncover retirement concepts you need to know. They might have gotten one of those reports that you know they hit enter on and it says you're probably going to be okay, but if you're not, it's not our fault. And now, The Wall Street Sweeper with Russ Hackman. Sweeping away the clutter of Wall Street. Welcome once again. It is the Wall Street Sweeper. Consumer Advocate Dave Perkins, our weekly get-together with Russ Hackman, president of Hackman Wealth Partners. This is a great conversation and educational outreach on the part of Russ, giving us what we need to be thinking about in our financial lives, and especially if we're near retirement. Russ, with offices around Boston, downtown, Wakefield, Hingham, and Waltham. And Russ always opens with the market update. And I love this because... Russ has the experience with 25 years as a financial advisor and the early years uh, working the Wall Street trading desks. And Russ, on my news feed, I get a lot of the doomsday uh, financial predictors. uh, And, you know, I'm wondering, do I need to build a bunker? Because, you know, when they talk about the uh, debt ceiling and potential default and some of them say, oh, it will be Armageddon. Can you make it real for us here? Do you have clients asking about this? Well, we definitely have people asking you asking about it all the time it is certainly one of those things that makes you want to smack your forehead against the wall Hmm. because you know you can say these sort of uh politically manufactured crises right you know you you see certain scenarios like during covid or even post-covid it's like well we passed a trillion dollar budget and like nobody's blinking everyone's just managed to get all their favorite spending in it right and now it's like now it's like whoa we gotta have a big you know showdown at the okay corral (laughs) So, you know, I it, it it is it is sort of manufactured. It is brinksmanship, and uh, you know, I tell people not to worry about it too much. That uh, it always seems like somebody blinks and they come to uh, a resolution. Uh, and and really, there's a lot of things that the the real concern was if there was ever a you know, U.S. government obligation like a Treasury bill or a note, uh, our government debt that was unpaid or delayed, that would be potentially catastrophic in terms of the effect on the financial markets because U.S. government debt is viewed as the safest thing out there. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of steps that the government can take before they don't pay their debt, they cannot pay their other bills, just their, you know, regular bills. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, you pay your credit card late, they can, they can pay their credit card uh, late, right? So right. I tell people not to sweat it too much, but I think, you know, some of the folks that I follow on the economic side are, hey, watch what happens here uh, later this year. It does look like there's going to be a drain in liquidity on the system as the government does start to issue more debt. It does seem like what's happened in the banking sector has is likely causing a contraction on in loans, uh, home loans, auto loans, that sort of thing. And we're likely to see a recession later this year. Um, and notwithstanding that, Dave, I think we were talking about before the start of the show, the markets have been pretty good. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, back back to the uh, the debt ceiling war, the, the the default. Don't we have a little bit of history to look at here? Didn't it happen in 2011? It's happened multiple times. Mm-hmm. You know, almost, and then, you know, it's happened so much that uh, you know, it, I mean, there were situations where they sent all the federal workers home. And, you know, it, it, it is a sort of game of chicken, right? Right. And, right. We've had shutdowns and, you know, and all of that. I think most of us view it as a pretty. I'm not sure there's such thing as a responsible game of chicken, but this seems like a particularly irresponsible game of chicken. Um, you know, I do think that just back to sort of the subject conversation around the markets yeah. and kind of where we're at. What are we seeing good um, now? I mean, it's been okay, right? The S&P's up 8%. The NASDAQ's up 18%. Some of that is, is you know, NASDAQ was beaten up the most last year and on the other hand, some of these big tech companies are doing better and potentially viewed as a little more immune from a recession. So we'll see where that goes. But in terms of just kind of thinking about what's going on out there, uh, you know, the conversation remains, you know, inflation is still high, five, five and a half percent. I still don't think that they're going to be cutting rates anytime soon. And, you know, that is a drag on what's going on in the markets. And, I think there's some concern by some people, to some extent, including me, even though we try not to guess where the market's going. We try to get a sense of, of what may happen that, you know, there's there's still a lot of risk out there. So in any event, as you said, Dave, we got a lot to talk about today. We always talk about listener questions, case studies. We've got some interesting polls about retirees, about couples in retirement, et cetera. So we've got some great things to talk about in this show, and I'm really looking forward to it. We also, as folks know, our, we have a lot of regular listeners. And I'm so grateful for that. People know that we're periodically offering the opportunity to come in and see us, get a second opinion on your portfolio, get our read on, hey, if we were the captain of your ship, what would be, where would we be steering your ship, so to speak? And let's offer that up, Dave, to the next five callers that have saved $500,000 or more for retirement. And at no cost, no obligation to the next five, 617-674-2000 to schedule. It's 617-674-2000. Several reasons why confidence in retirement has dropped to 2008 levels. When we come back, we're going to take a look at the most mentioned reasons for the lack of confidence and offer some suggestions to help keep you on track. Hackman is the Wall Street Sweeper. This show is the Wall Street Sweeper, and it's great to have you along. Russ Hackman is president of Hackman Wealth Partners, and around Boston, four offices, downtown, Wakefield, Hingham, and Waltham. Which one is closest to you to come in and talk about your financial life and help Russ sweep away any clutter in your financial life? He'll share a good story, as always, coming up on the show. But, Russ, we're we're actually going to look at some concerns that people have, justifiable concerns in their lives, and especially if they're interested retirement. I think obviously this is one that we all share, and that is the rising cost of living. Well, I think that what's striking about everything we're talking about in this segment, Dave, is you know this survey that uh, indicated that uh, confidence in retirement, retirement security uh, among workers, I think this is principally, oh, actually retirees too, mm-hmm. is back at 2008 levels. So remember how bad it was then. Yeah. And to think that people are as worried now is really something. The, the survey said only 64% of workers and 73% of retirees are, are confident about their retire, their retirement prospects. And that's down 
a good 10% or so from, from last year. So in just a year. I, wow. Yeah. Crazy. And as you said, there's a number of things that people are, are uh, worried about, and we're going to get into some of them, obviously the rising cost of living, We'll also take this opportunity to talk about how we incorporate these concerns and, you know, alleviating these concerns into our financial planning process and even how what we think about a good financial planning process, you know, what is good in a financial planning process has changed in the last year as a, as a result of some of these rising concerns. So. Yeah, as you said, Dave, rising cost of living, mm -hmm. that's been a big deal. You know, we felt it on the grocery store sh shelves. Uh, so for us, when we when we people have heard us talk about our one page financial plan, anyone who is a is a client out there has a one page financial plan, probably several of them where we run out their future asset levels and cash flow under different sets of scenarios. And one of the things that we're doing, Dave, within those plans is saying, okay, well, if we have a certain budget, like it, you know, we think we need seven thousand dollars a month after taxes each month, or eight thousand, or nine thousand, or ten thousand, or fifteen thousand, or you know, whatever the number is, we got to make sure in those plans that we're accommodating for inflation, right? And yeah, also, okay. we can even stress test them and say, well, what if inflation is, you know, four percent? For the next eight years that kind of modeling can be done um and i think it's an important part of, of what people need to think about dave you were talking about one of some of the other things that people were worried about uh what's next on the list well social security and we hear about with the trust fund uh, being depleted 2033 i think is the year uh, current year they're saying but anywhere between 33 and 35 so that does create angst and and i think in many ways maybe with the, the gen x generation and the older gen xers are now in the financial red zone and they may worry that they're the first uh, generation in a wave of raising the full retirement age well i think you know that that is certainly common raising the full retirement age i i tend to you know my advice for people who are worried about social security if they're you know 57 58 60 or older is really don't worry about it you know the reason is you know this notion that there's a quote-unquote trust fund mm -hmm. we were talking about this last <laughs> right. week too tape there's notion that there's this trust fund that has all this money sitting around in it waiting for retirees to sort of cash it in yeah right is is total fiction right you basically if, if that was sort of a bank or trust fund, then Uncle Sam's been robbing that all the way <laughs> along to spend on other things, right? So I, I don't really A lot think of Brinks that, trucks pulling away from that imaginary trust fund bank. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> Going into, uh, you know, congressional backyards, maybe. I'm not sure. <laughs> but I really don't think my best advice that I give to everyone who's heard it from me is don't worry about your Social Security benefits being cut. But, you know, look at your kids and grandkids and theirs is probably going to be cut. Yeah. Because yeah. they're not cutting it on the people that vote. No. And if, if it's sort of like, well, what if there's nothing left in the fund, Russ? Well, the fund already doesn't have anything in mm -hmm. it, right? It's just a matter of Congress deciding to spend the money to maintain the benefits, which, you know, believe me, we're gonna. Is that more um, theatrics then, like you were saying with the debt ceiling? Well, I, I don't know. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's in trouble. I think it's, no one doubt. Of, it's one of the things that, you know, maybe the financial, to some extent, it's the financial service industry that talks about um, 
Social Security the most, saying, hey, you need our help because you might not have Social Security right now. Right. That's that's kind of irresponsible, and I, I really don't think it's anything to worry about. I see what you're saying, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just that we've got to get – it's a, actually a little bit less than three workers now per beneficiary. So, uh, But it is good to have other sources of income built in. I think that's where that concern – how you address that concern, whether it's valid well, or not. absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we, we always like to see that there's multiple sources of income. When we talk about safe money, we want to see that safe money generating income. And that can be as simple as a 5% uh, CD these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, there could be other sources of income. There can be div- nice portfolios of dividend paying stocks, paying income. So all those things kind of figure into the inflation. I just wanted to, to highlight a few more things that were on the list of, I think it's just worth noting that the, the, the the things that people are worried about. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, I was just going to ask you because one, of course, is volatility and economic downturns, which you address every week on this show where we are in the markets. But how is risk or how should risk be adjusted when you're nearing retirement? We felt this way for a while, but 2022, I think, sort of retaught the lesson to everyone that I really don't think that anyone... 60 plus, certainly 65 plus should have more than half of their money at risk. Mm-hmm. You know, unless you have, I mean, we do have clients and listeners who have, you know, $10 million plus, uh, but, and that, that can be a little bit different. Uh, but for folks, uh, and, and as, as we've said, Dave, we have people coming into our office from, from 500,000 to 20 million or more. And uh, Believe it or not, a lot of people have the same concerns about risk, taxes, et cetera. Um, in this instance, you, again, for that those that large category of people, we don't want to see people with more than half their money at risk, particularly when there's so many great alternatives out there for really, really safe money. So it is a good time to transition to the next opportunity to come in and talk about your risk level, do you have adequate safe money? Do you have safe money that is yielding the right amount? Looking at one of those one-page financial plans, let's take this opportunity, Dave, to offer folks the opportunity to come in and see us for the next five callers that have saved $500,000 or more for retirement. It is a comprehensive review available to the next five at no cost, no obligation, 617-674-2000 to schedule 617-674-2000. Well, we've heard the old saying, happy wife, happy life. Well, retirement planning, certainly no exception to that rule. When we come back, we have some tips for you and your spouse so you both walk away happy. Hackman is president of Hackman Wealth Partners. This is the Wall Street Sweeper. As always, we are so happy that you've come along for this conversation where Russ every week gives us what we need to think about and what we need to consider in financial strategies and especially if we're near retirement, that new territory for us when we get there. It's not new for Russ because he's helped so many uh, get there. Offices around Boston, downtown, Wakefield, Hingham, and Waltham. And a lot of times, of course, Russ, you're working with couples. They should both come to you one or the other may be a little more savvy or a little more interested in finances but they both have skin in the game so we're really going to look at spousal strategies but russ i think the biggest thing is they really need to as much as possible be on the same page 
Well, that's right. And I think it was interesting to sort of read this. Uh, we've had a couple of polls we've been looking at. We were looking at this recent survey that found nearly seven in 10 Americans uh, married or living with a partner have had a disagreement with their partner about finances within the last year. Surprise, it's not 10 so, in 10, you know? <laughs> Right. <laughs> and it's interesting, just going through the list, sort of the some of the reactions were, you know, 16% of couples surveyed feel that they're financially compatible with their spouse. That's one six percent. Wow. That's pretty low. 27% of married couples argue at least once a month about money. 22% uh, argued most about their budget. 35% of disagreements between couples are related to fears about market risk and the economy more often than spending philosophies. 29% of couples disagree about whether, whether to spend for today or save for tomorrow. While we're on the topic of surveys, there was this recent Accenture survey on couples and finances found that 51% of couples already view their current advisor as a life coach. Lots of interesting items to talk talk about within these lists. I do find, Dave, that as it pertains to couples, and we don't want the single people listening in to feel like they're not included in, in the conversation. Oh, right. Yeah. I do find you know, this survey of people sort of arguing about money a lot of the time, I do find that it looks like that's a pretty general survey. I do find that most couples that come in to see us that are particularly 55, 60 or older are more or less on the same page. If they've you know, been married a while, they, do you find that for a long time? Yeah, and, and they are, yes, that, that tends to be the case that uh, it is very, it is sort of an interesting part of our job to uh, observe the chemistry of couples. I find that very interesting. <laughs> I mean, every once in a while, there's a bad one, but I will say <laughs> that, uh, I, I, yeah, I did have one where where uh, it seemed like the couple kind of decided to get divorced before my very eyes. And I really? don't think it was my fault. I don't was think it, it was over finances? Fault, no, it definitely wasn't. <laughs> okay. No, it was just, it was just like where, you know, we were talking about where are we going to retire? Where are we going to be? And it was like, well, I don't want to be there. I don't want to be there. Well, I don't, I don't know if I want to be with you. Uh, oh, and, oh and wow. Was, okay. That, now that's only happened once. Yeah, and, that's an extreme. And, that's it. I think we had to, I think we had to wrap up that meeting. I think it was, uh, you know, well, you now guys did, have some, I would say, no, this, you're not a marriage counselor. However, sometimes you have to broker compromise with couples. Well, you know, I, folks ask me to be the voice of reason and, and done the right way. I think it makes sense. Like, what can we really afford? Right. What? vacations can we afford and it usually is for the benefit of the couple like can we afford to and 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 very frankly very frequently it is hey we can actually spend a little more than we thought in our early years mm -hmm. and some of the art of financial planning is how do i spend a little more in my early years enjoy ourselves you know out through our early 80s and at, at which point we presume that maybe we're less into traveling all over the place, right. et cetera. And knowing that you can spend a little more, but but being comfortable with that and then knowing that you didn't overspend, because obviously no one wants to get to 85 years old and be broke. That's pretty tricky uh, financial planning work and is part of you know what we like to do for people. So um in any event, actually, we're, we're running short on time here, Dave, but let's do offer another opportunity for folks to call in 
get on our calendar next five callers that have saved five hundred thousand dollars or more for retirement as russ said whether you're single or married it's important to uh, get some strategies together here's a chance to talk about it 617-674-2000 617-674-2000 russ answers listener questions and shares the story of some listeners looking for less stress in retirement Street Sweeper and Russ Hackman is the president of Hackman Wealth Partners. He's been a busy, busy man lately, helping people sweep away the, the clutter in their financial lives as he sweeps away the clutter of Wall Street. Russ has offices around Boston, uh, downtown Wakefield, Hingham, and Waltham. I love this part of the show, Russ. We get the questions in from listeners. You can submit your question to Russ by visiting his website, hackmanwealth.com. Click the radio tab there. John Jonathan in Brookline, uh, he, he says, I own some mutual funds in a taxable account. And last year, not only were the funds down, but they were distributed capital gains and increased my tax bill. So I'm paying taxes to lose money. Isn't there a better way? Well, that is a real bummer. And we have seen that for a fair amount of people who own mutual funds. And we're talking about mutual funds that are inside of taxable accounts so mm-hmm. after tax accounts not in retirement accounts because in that in those accounts it really doesn't matter what goes on within them until you pull money out of them at which time it's 100% taxable but in this case we're talking about folks who own money in after tax accounts and you know if you owned we've seen this a bunch someone owned you know 100 grand in a mutual fund and went down to 80 last year mm. But because of some of the internal buys and sells within the fund, they realized capital gains within the fund and said, hey, you had $5,000 of capital gains, put that on your tax return. And then your accountant says, well, now you owe another two grand on your taxes. And it's like, what? Wow. I I, I lost 20% and now wow. I own, I, own I, I owe basically another 2% in taxes. That happened to an awful lot of people last it's year. Infuriating. And yet to Jonathan's questions, is there a better way there is folks know that there are these uh, instruments called exchange traded funds. There's really two types of mutual funds and all these terms get kind of confusing, but mutual funds price once a day. Exchange traded funds are like mutual funds, but they are traded throughout the day. Exchange traded funds though have a little known tax benefit that is relevant to taxable accounts, so non-retirement accounts, where they really do not distribute capital gains to shareholders. And so you don't have this problem that, hey, the thing is down and I got a tax bill. And a lot of advisors aren't aware of that. And I do see people, they come in and say, here's my list of accounts. In many cases, we've talked about mutual funds may be expensive, they may be underperforming, but they may also be tax efficient. When folks come in to see us and we do one of these portfolio x-rays, we'd like to look at the tax efficiency as well as the performance and fees 
of what they have and say, is there, is there a better way for you to be in a similar exposure or a better exposure in a way that you're not going to get distributed as much in taxes? So that's a good question. Gets into kind of the nitty gritty of planning, which as folks know, uh, we love the nitty gritty. You do love the nitty gritty, digging in. Chris in Cambridge, I don't know a lot about taxes or 401ks, just learning as I listen. So I'm struggling to understand the advantage. How does waiting to pay taxes help me if I still need to pay taxes when I withdraw the money later? Is there a strategy to this? The, you know, the age old wisdom is while you're working and particularly in your later working years, hopefully you're at some of your peak earning years and you're able to set aside a decent amount of money. And if you do so and you're in high tax brackets, it makes sense to sock money away into 401ks. So Chris's question is, you know, why does that make sense? Well, in theory, you're paying a high tax rate now. And in retirement, if your income is lower, you're pulling money out of your retirement accounts, but you're not pulling it out all at once, obviously, then your income should be lower, your tax rates should be lower. That's the conventional wisdom. Now, a lot of what we talk about is, hey, once you get into having a million dollars or more of IRA 401k money, this whole notion that your taxes may be lower in retirement may be a mirage. It may actually be the case that your taxes because of your required minimum distributions can get you in a much higher place. So uh, it makes sense to take stock of that. And that's when we talk about Roth conversions, et cetera. The notion of how do I do some tax optimization? That is one of the things we get into when we uh, provide these uh, complimentary in-person sessions to people. So Dave, let's offer the opportunity again for folks to get on our calendar, the next five cars that have saved $500,000 or more for retirement. 617-674-2000. It's 617-674-2000. Coming up, Russ helps a couple complete the transition into retirement, reduce risk, and save taxes. Street Sweeper sweeping away the clutter of Wall Street and helping you get a clear picture of your financial life. And that's every week with Russ Hackman, president of Hackman Wealth Partners, years in the financial arena, offices around Boston, downtown Wakefield, Hingham and Waltham. And as Russ said at the beginning of the show, every week he shares a a story of working with, whether it's a single person or a couple, uh, the challenges and concerns they bring to him, some solutions that he suggests to them. And it always makes for a great story. And it's a good example of how we we can we can have this. <laughs> In other words, the <laughs> retirement we deserve, Russ, we all deserve. Absolutely. That. Yeah. It, get, if you start if you start with the right amount of resources and that's one thing we can help you figure out. But you start with the right amount of resources, then even given all the scary things in this world, I think most people can have a pretty safe, comfortable retirement and not worry so much about their finances. And I think if there's the number one job that we have is to put people in a spot where, you know, I think our, in a perfect scenario, we're acting like your doctor, that, that doctor who, if there's something that goes wrong, that doctor that says, Hey, I've seen this a million times Mm -hmm. and we're going to, we know how to get it fixed. Yeah. Makes you feel better. Is hopeful is is uh, it is somewhat of an analogy for us that 
Yes, we have seen most situations uh, a lot. And, you know, we know pretty readily, hey, we can get we can have you be in a lot more comfortable and and lower anxiety position than you are today. A lot of that has to do with, you know, kind of the blocking and tackling we talk about. We talk about, hey, there are these big six retirement risks that can trip people up. And those risks are, number one, the markets, number two, longevity, living a long time, number three, taxes, number four, inflation, number five, underperformance or excess fee risk, and number six, medical costs. And if we have a plan that that essentially addresses all of those things, all of those things that can, quote unquote, get you in retirement, then, you know, that. That's going to give you a much better chance of being okay. And, you know, one of the biggest things I see when people come in is they have a portfolio. A, they don't necessarily have a full plan of, and the number one thing in a full plan is making sure you know where your money's coming from at age 95. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean, and that, that includes very wealthy people, like which money you're drawing from, which money you're trying to leave to kids, which money you're trying to manage the, ta- the taxes of. Right. Yeah. And so, but yes, Dave, let's get into a specific example. Uh, and it is, uh, you know, such a pleasure. Every week I'm meeting people at our various offices. Uh, every week for me is helping people, is meeting new people, <coughs> excuse me, and helping, you know, people that are in our process where we've had two or three meetings if they're wanting to keep the conversation going. Getting plans in place every week is really a pleasure. In this specific uh, example, this is a couple that lived in Medford, uh, that lives in Medford, uh, that we helped earlier this year. He's he's retired aged 68. She's still working age 62. Now, she just found out that she needs to stop working sooner than expected. Mm. So they're both going to be retired. Um and they're in good shape. They've got over a million and a half dollars saved, but it turns out it's almost all in stocks down last year, but getting some rebound this year. And the question is, okay, Russ, we know we got too much risk. It was readily apparent in our portfolio x-ray. You know, what do we do to get ourselves, you know, we don't want to be totally out of the stock market, but what do we do to get ourselves in sort of a safer position? Mm-hmm. Uh, So, again, the issues that they were facing, too much in stocks for the long term, didn't have any what we call paycheck replacement or assurance of money coming into their bank account every month to take the place of that, those incomes that they had before. And then, yeah, significant vulnerability to that Cat 5 storm. And in all of our plans... We'd like to see if a 2008 happened, if a 2002 happened, what would happen to you, right? And one thing you're, you know, nobody's allowed to say is that's not going to happen again. No. Right? Because if there's anything we know, you can say whatever you want, but it's a free country, I guess, right? But, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you're likely but, to be wrong. Yes, that's likely to be wrong. And at, at the very least, those cat five storms down 50% in the stock market. And by the way, sometimes that means that your bonds aren't doing well either. So for them, we really got into the real details of a financial plan. 
that portfolio analysis that showed not only the risk, high fees and under underperformance, mm-hmm. we then put together a complete plan that had safe income generating assets to replace those paychecks. Yes, stock market assets assets to grow for the long term. We wanted to be be sure that we're not underperforming. We want to make sure we're not paying excess fees. We had a couple categories we've we've talked about. There's numerous types of safe assets, safe income generating assets. And for them, we had some more liquid types and some less liquid for long-term growth. And altogether, you can end up with a plan that has, again, I like to see people with 50, 60, 70% of their assets can't go backwards. I love that. Each case is different, but- if you know when the next time there's a big shock, you got 60 plus percent of your money totally safe. Yes. Then, you know, that is a very good spot to be in. And we saw that last year uh, as well when we lived through it with listeners and clients. In addition to the, those steps, we did a tax optimization plan. We can look at your exposure to tax increases. We can look at your exposure, and we did for this couple, exposure to market and inflation stress. We had an idea of, okay, if we need long-term care, this is how we're going to finance it. And then finally, for them, and this is fairly common, they didn't have all their estate planning documents in place. We've got a very cost, we're not attorneys, but we got a very cost-effective and thorough way of getting that done and integrating it that in with your finances is a very important thing to do. And we're able to quarterback that, able to do so for this family. Um, so comprehensive. So Dave, let's tra- it really is. Yeah, let's transition to that opportunity for folks to come in for that comprehensive conversation. And uh, let's do that, Dave, for the next five cars that have saved $500,000 or more for retirement. Talk about it for you with Russ, 617-674-2000, 617-674-2000. This is a comprehensive review. It's that limited opportunity for the next five. This is no cost, no obligation. Again, 617-674-2000, 617-674-2000. Russ takes questions from listeners straight ahead. Russ Hackman sweeps away the clutter of Wall Street. Russ Hackman, for so many, sweeps away the clutter in people's lives, as he just did. He he, he shared the story of the couple coming in. Too much risk. Uh, a lot of uncertainty about where they were heading towards retirement. And I know you run into this a lot, and you help people prepare for this. In that couple, you just shared, Russ, the wife it found out she needed to retire earlier than planned. So you need to plan for the unplanned retirement. It really is important. Well, and really the other curveballs that come. And I think that, you know, we talk a lot about we consider ourselves to be lifetime financial partners to our clients. And that means that our clients have our cell phones and they they do call Mm -hmm. um, and and are encouraged to call us anytime weekends included with those life events. And they, uh, you know, they range from, uh, you know, (laughs) one client, Mm -hmm. she's got her if she's listening out there, she's got some great. Uh, flock of doggies 
at her house and she said, <laughs> Russ, it's time for another doggy. Oh. I, apparently, apparently she likes small dogs. And apparently if your dog is small, it doesn't mean it's any less expensive. No, true. And so, yeah. and so <laughs> you know, okay, how are we going to, we're going to pull, pull from the fund budget for that. Um, and, uh, but those calls come in that, you know, some are happy calls, some are, you know, sad sure. calls and life moments. And, and, and a big part of what we do is, and, and what gives me a lot of satisfaction is, especially when the more difficult moments come, people call, you know, whether it's job moments, got to retire in a hurry, someone, you know, an illness, you know, you name it, that we're there to make sure that the last thing that folks are worried about is their money. That gives yeah. me a lot of satisfaction. Absolutely. And I, I love when you talk about being a partner for them in retirement. Well, it's a part of the show where Russ answers questions from listeners, which you certainly can have yours answered on the show. If you uh, email your question to, or I'm sorry, don't email it, go to the website, hackmanwealth.com. Uh, and don't tell, don't send a telegram, go to hackmanwealth.com <laughs> and click the radio tab for that. Uh, Michael in Norwell, my parents are 62 and 64 and plan to retire in three to five years. They both have a pension and will get Social Security. Now, that'll get them to about 80% of their current income, which is enough for them. They have about 100,000 in 401ks and 100,000 in variable annuities. They also own their $650,000 house. Now, I've heard the 60-40 split of stocks bonds was a good strategy. Is this how they should be allocated or are there any other investment vehicles that would be better for people in their scenario? Well, interesting. We, you know, we have talked uh, this year that the old adage of 60-40-50-50, which honestly is still practiced a lot. So if you're a listener out there and you're looking at your portfolio, you can look at the cover page that says, you know, I've got this in stock market or equities. I've got this in fixed income or bonds. And if that's what you're seeing, you are facing that what what I call two-dimensional financial planning, which is just you have X in stocks and 100 minus X in bonds. And to me, no, that is not the right way to be. We don't, uh, we don't want to see very significant bond market allocations. These bond funds are yielding three, three and a half percent. A lot of them lost 15 to 20 percent last year. I'd rather be 60, 40 stock cds mm -hmm. i mean the cds are yielding five percent yeah. yeah they're not going to yield five percent forever but they'll probably be four percent next year i don't believe they're going back to two percent anytime soon to me that's better than bonds and now for this particular couple uh, michael's talking about his parents have a good amount of pensions and social security i still don't think they should have 60 percent of their money in the stock market i'd be more like 40 60 so Sounds like there's a variable annuity in there. People know we don't love variable annuities. Very expensive, at risk, very different than some of the lower cost principal protected annuities that we do like. So I'd want to review those and see if you could cut the costs and do something better there as well. Thanks, Michael, for the question. And uh, from Carol in Manchester, I'm within two years of retirement. I have a big 401k, over a million. Should I still be putting money in it? Well, the short answer to that is probably not. You know, we talk about a, a lot here about you, you get those big deferred tax assets build up, built up, those big 401ks, those big IRAs. 
you're going to be taking money out of those. And even if you don't want to be taking money out of them, eventually the government's going to force you to take money out of those via required minimum distributions at age 73, 74, 75 and beyond. And, you know, as you're getting closer to retirement, you know, the wisdom of deferring taxes, unless you have a huge income, is a little debatable. So depending on what your tax bracket is, Carol, I'd want to see you potentially set aside money in the Roth side of your 401k plan. Mm. Paying taxes now, building up a Roth account. And unless you're seeing some really ta high tax brackets, it gets to a point where you don't want to defer taxes anymore. You'd rather just pay your taxes and have that money after tax or even better, have it in a Roth account. Gary in Bedford, my spouse and I are 79 and 77 years old. We have $2 million in assets. We want to transfer some of that to our grandchildren when we pass away. But instead of giving them each a set amount all at once, is it possible to give them certain amounts over the years? Yeah, it is pretty common for grandparents to use the annual gift tax exemption so you can you can give $17,000 really to any person without that in that being income to them or that having tax consequences for the giver. So that's normally the mm -hmm. way that people will do it. Um, and then if you're thinking about, you know, the long term, a lot of what we see uh, grandparents do is fund 529s. And there's some way there some ways that you can accelerate giving into 529s where you can accelerate basically five years of gifts into a 529 and do it kind of all at once. Oh. And if there's two grandparents, each person can do it. So there's a way for nice. grandparents to fund future educations. You know, and I think what could be better than the, you know, the possibility of allowing kids to go to college and not have a lot of loans coming out. Yes. Of it, right? Amen. Super. Super valuable. So, um, yeah, we've we've been talking on the show about planning, risk management, safe money, portfolio x-rays, analyzing individual portfolios, and then giving our version of, hey, what does it look like to have us as the captain of your ship and see what that looks like? That does come up in these complimentary consultations. Dave, let's let's uh, do provide the opportunity for folks to uh, call in the next five cars that have saved five hundred thousand dollars or more for retirement. Now, this is really informational for you and for Russ learning about you and no cost, no obligation to the next five. 617-674-2000 to schedule 617-674-2000. Again, 617-674-2000. Straight ahead, Russ talks about the biggest changes to planning in 2023 as compared to 2022. Hackman is the president of Hackman Wealth Partners and, and here to talk to you about your financial life and to hear your concerns and especially if you're near retirement. Offices downtown Wakefield, Hingham and Waltham. This is the Wall Street Sweeper. And Russ, every week on this show, you share actual stories of uh, talking to uh, listeners who come to you, hearing their concerns. I'm just curious about one thing. How have those mm -hmm. conversations changed this year as compared to last year? 
Well, they really do change over time. Obviously, some of it is just a news cycle, right? Yeah. Uh, you, you just get you just get inundated with what's going on out there. I think if I think about last year versus this year, last year the markets were just all over the place. We had a lot of these really scary down days. Mm-hmm. Then we had some big rebounds and then kind of ended on a low note uh, for the year. I think last year when we met with people – it was a lot of uh, people adjusting to falling markets, trying to understand like how my bond funds going down to, trying to talk to their advisors about, hey, like what's going on here, getting a lot of frustrating answers to those questions, and I think a lot of people also saying, hey, I didn't really realize that I was in a position where I could lose X. Right. Wake right? up, two hundred. Yeah. Right. And I think a lot of people didn't appreciate that their risk was maybe a little more than they thought it was. And so what I'm seeing more of this year as there's been, you know, not a huge, but somewhat of a rebound in the market. You know, we've had some scary moments around bank failures, and now we got this default thing, and there's always the Ukraine war, and as you know, there's always something to worry about. Mm-hmm. But this year is a little calmer. And what what we're seeing is a lot of people saying, okay, now's where now's a good chance to sort of take a breath. I want to come in. I want to be a hundred percent sure I understand the risk I have. I probably, when we reason it out with people, most people actually want a little less risk than they have. I want to make sure my fees and performance are in line. I want to focus on on what can I do on the taxes side and. I want to talk about this long-term partnership. So we're seeing, I'd say, kind of calmer conversations. That's good. And And reassessing and just reviewing. Yeah. And this is, you know, before the the inevitable recession comes this year, this is a good chance to come in, make sure your house is in order, get that second opinion from us. Dave, let's do offer that one final time here to the next five callers that have saved $500,000 or more for retirement. And you're right. A really good time to to do that. Here is that opportunity. Limited at no cost, no obligation. 617-674-2000. To get with Russ and talk about you and share your concerns with him. That's a great conversation and a comprehensive review. 617-674-2000. Thanks so much, as always, for joining us and hope you're back next week. More to consider in financial and retirement planning with Russ Hackman on the Wall Street Sweeper. Russ Hackman and Claire Hare are investment advisor representatives of Retirement Wealth Advisors Incorporated, an SEC registered investment advisor. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Wealth Advisors, LLC, BWA, registered investment advisor and an affiliate of Brookstone Capital Management, LLC. BWA and Hackman Wealth are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BWA, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. The opinions expressed by Russell Hackman, Claire Hare, and their guests on this radio show are their own and do not reflect the opinions of this radio station. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. 
Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Any strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Before acting on any information mentioned, please consult with a qualified tax or investment advisor to determine if it is suitable for your specific situation. This program is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject covered. Any comments regarding safe and secure products and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by BWA. Index or fixed annuities are not designed for short-term investments and may be subject to caps, restrictions, fees, and surrender charges as described in the annuity contract. Guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuer. Agents receive payment in the form of compensation and or other compensation, such as a percentage of organization's profits from selling an annuity from the insurance company. Registered investment advisors and investment advisor representatives act as fiduciaries for all of our investment management clients. We have an obligation to act in the best interest of our clients to make full disclosure of any conflicts of interest, if any exist. Please refer to our firm brochure, the ADV 2A Item 4, for additional information.